Nothing here is real. We are living in a simulation. Don't believe me? Good. We'll start from there. Episode 6. What is real? And what is artificial, anyway? So, yes. <laughs> I don't know if I need to say hi. I record these in a weird sequence. Anyway, so this is the first weekend ender. And it doesn't feel like a weekend ender because I've got a holiday tomorrow. I took a Friday off. It's all a big thing. Anyway, I wanted to explain a little bit about my process of trying to process the dog days of podcasting this year. Um, so the premise is for this entire month, I want to explore the feeling, the sense, the idea that we are living in a simulation. And the point, well, I don't know if there's a point to this. The idea is that we don't really live in the real world anyway. We never have, and we never will. We live in a world that we've manufactured. We live in a world which we have labeled and theorized about and built on top of and modified and changed. None of the world is real anyway. One might assume there's some sort of objective reality out there, but we've, we've kind of rejected that a long time ago. Um, the, the old, uh, uh, I, I don't remember the source of this. I've heard this from so many different places. Um, I reject your reality and replace it with my own. I, I think that there's, uh, three or four different places I believe I've heard that from. And I know that at least one of them may be um, somewhat less desirable to hear from. So I apologize for that. But the sentiment is still interesting. And that's other kind of whole other thing about epistemology. And, and I think it's epistemology. Knowing what you know and what knowledge is and what can be knowledge and the source of the knowledge and how that, how that changes the knowledge. Because if, you know, if someone terrible said that quote, does it make it any less thought provoking or real? And when you take it out of its context, is it itself not a real thing? Can you deny reality? Well, actually we can. So, so the premise in some ways is that nothing here is real anyway. So why don't we make it up? Now, that's not necessarily strictly um, you know, denial of experience. It's more of the, in, the interpretation of the meaning of the experience. Everything around us is artificial. Nothing around me is natural. I live in a, I live in an apartment. I'm in a room. I've got lights. I've got a desk. I've got a computer. None of that is natural. Those were all designed things. Um, the only natural thing I might argue would be the actual light that I'm experiencing, not the source of the light. Those are all light bulbs in various forms. I think one of them in front of me is LED. The other one is uh, LED, but uh, USB based. So it's a modern LED. Another one is anyway. And of course, all the screens are glowing. So when we've dispensed with reality, what do we have? Well, we have meaning, which is what we are imparting upon the universe. Uh, and p 
part of this is the search for meaning. Part of this is to, to say the world exists, perhaps, as an objective reality that we do not experience. And we'll have more to say about that as the month goes on. But I also knew that I have my own human biases when it comes to what I have and I've experienced and what I believe and how I express the universe. So I thought, well, how do I get a non-me but somewhat human perspective? That's where I turned to AI. I have a lifelong love of the concept of AI, but only really uh, have I seen the the real potential start to take up uh, form in the recent chat explosion um, and the, the tremendous strides have been made to go forward uh, with it right now. But it's not, well, is it AI? I'm not really sure if it's AI. We're calling it AI. We're giving it that name. They're even describing it, you know, this is such and such AI. But is it, is it really? Um, what does it mean to say artificial intelligence versus real intelligence? Where does that line exist? Where does that boundary exist? How do we even have it a boundary? Is there such a thing? After all, are we real or are we just an artificial construct? Most of our intelligence is based off of, well, what other people have already figured out. And our experiences framed through the knowledge that's passed by others. Yes, it's possible to be a complete hermit grown from birth in some, um, I guess, remote island in which there's nothing. I suppose it's possible. It's highly unlikely. So from a very young age, we're indoctrinated into a set of uh, ideals and information and so forth that frames our world. We are entirely artificial, um, which just seems, sounds weird, but I, I, I believe there's something here to chew on. So when we say we have real intelligence, what are we actually trying to differentiate? Maybe we're just trying to protect our form of intelligence and that artificial intelligence, while well, we try to suggest it's not real, but is it not real or is it just not what we've experienced? Now, I would argue that what we're experiencing or what we're having right now is not actually artificial intelligence, but it's not the artificial part that I'm, I'm uh, in particular uh, upset about. It, it does kind of pose a problem, but it's the intelligence part. What is intelligence? Well, we certainly see with human beings that the ability to recite facts, we start to call that intelligence, the ability to reason, we call that intelligence. What is reason is a bit of a stretch. And most people don't study logic extensively from computer science. It's actually ironic that that was the one philosophy course I couldn't take because it was so embedded in everything that I was doing about computer science. So logic is definitely, uh, you know, it's a, it's not a human construct to a certain point. Um, we do kind of build on top of it. And then, of course, in computer science, we're also talking about binary logic most of the time. So we're not talking about the full spectrum of logical in inference uh, or dealing with uh, unknowns, uh, which really throws logic uh, in a loop because if you don't have certainty, you can't have certain elements of logic. Yes, there's fuzzy logic and other elements to try to deal with that, but that's not the point for the moment, if there's a point. And I'm not entirely sure there is. So um, I decided to try to use an AI as a way to generate prompts, as a way to generate, well, not generate ideas, 
because the ideas are out there. This AI is trained on human ideas expressed by humans. Um, it is not uh, coming up with new things on its own. Well, okay, it's not exactly not coming up with new things. It's composing things and putting them together, perhaps, in novel ways. Um, I don't believe there is an, a, uh, well, I don't really know. I've been probing what the AI will respond to and respond with and trying to determine if it does actually hold new conclusions in place. I haven't really done a lot of extensive work on that because I'm also not wanting to, um, well, in the, in the particular, uh, discussions I'm having dialogues, whatever you want to call them that I'm having with the AI, I want those to be cons internally consistent. So I don't want to start throwing it loops, uh, and, and trying to show, uh, show it up when I'm also trying to get good work out of it. But the AIs to me represent an intelligence of a sort or rather, they represent the concept of intelligence. They are a collective of the intelligence generated by human beings, the conclusions, the creations, that sort of thing. Um, and not necessarily adding on to that knowledge again, except for the recombination of all of the elements. So I started by giving it a simple scenario. I'm going to be doing this thing for the month. I, I threw out a couple of different forms uh, about what it was going to do, an audio drama, whether it was going to do a one-sided audio drama, whether it was going to include a robotic character, um, whatever. Uh, I quickly realized that my time does not allow me to actually get in any of those things. So, um, so in fact, I, I shortened it down to just give me a prompt, relying upon the experiences that I've had over time to try to produce some usable content. I haven't really been pleased with what I've generated so far this week. I felt a little bit rushed is not quite the right word. Out of time is definitely uh, in the right ballpark. Um, I haven't quite been able to hit the right points. So I'm taking a different approach. I've got the prompts. I've asked it to provide me with examples. I've asked it to provide me with philosophical concepts that are associated with it. Uh, it has already hallucinated a couple of articles uh, that did not exist. So it's frustrating in that sense. Um, the hallucinations are, are believable and that it's one, it's funny because it's almost, it's interesting. They call them hallucinations because we all generate them ourselves as well, but we, we usually have cross-checking, uh, within our own minds and then externally to go, did, did that really happen? Was that really there? Did we really read that somewhere? The quote that I started this whole thing with today, I have not cross-checked and I may have misquoted, which is a hallucination. Um, still, uh, I tried to rein it in. Uh, it actually got the wrong days of the week at one point in what I was trying to generate. So it was interesting that it had that problem where it did not cross-check even the day of the week that it was proposing. Um, in other words, a prompt for, uh, it was Monday, uh, August the 1st, not Tuesday, August the 1st. So everything was off by a day by then. Curious. I don't, I, I don't know why that happened or where that confusion came from. I explained its error and it actually corrected the error. So there's some interesting logic going on there. So once I've gotten those prompts, uh, I'm now dedicating a portion of my morning pages, which is a practice that I'm, I've been undergoing for about four months at this point, um, which is a morning reflection in written form 
intended to try to move me beyond writer's block. Uh, it's part of the artist's way, which is an interesting philosophical experiment. Uh, so I'm dedicating a portion of my, my three pages every morning to digesting the prompt that's there and then writing out part of my response. Remember I said that I was going to respond spontaneously or off the cuff uh, to the prompts. Well, yes, I still am. I don't write out the words that I say, but I do explore the ground I might cover and then try to come up with interesting things that I might remember. So far, I think it's been working okay. It's been working better, but I am going to change it each week a little bit. Continue to tweak, continue to change. I hope you found it amusing or at the very least a little thought provoking. I'm not expecting I'm going to change your mind. I don't know what your mind is to change anyway, and I'm not really expecting I'll come to a particular conclusion by the end of the, of the month, but I felt by starting with an absolute assertion, nothing here is real. It would be an interesting premise to start from to go for the rest of the month. We'll see how this works out. Anyway, uh, I said my uh, my a bit yesterday about what everybody else is doing. I really appreciate them. If any of you are having any responses to this, and I've picked up a few here and there from Nutty in particular, uh, kind of sly responses, actually also uh, from uh, Mad Marv has responded to a couple of them. Um, if you have particular responses or refutations, I'd love to hear those because I still have the Saturday and Sunday episodes as non-prompted days, and I would love to fill those with your examples of either, in particular, if you can support any of these points, but also I don't mind refutations. A refutation, by the way, is not simply a naysaying, an automatic naysaying of whatever's going on. No, a proper argument, okay, I won't go into the full Monty Python sketch, but it actually is it actually is a reasonable sketch. Anyway, you have a number of ways you can do that. You could um, you could record what you're doing uh, and email it to me, uh, encaf1 at gmail.com will get to me. I think others will as well. Uh, you can also go to the website, encaffeinated.ca. I put a little, uh, I've got a, uh, I forget the name of it right now, but it's a little phone box, a little, no, that's a feedback box, whatever, a little microphone bug in the corner you'll find in the screen. You do have to sign up for a free account. I hate that, but whatever, it's a free service. Uh, and you can record and send me back a, uh, a message and I'll hear it and I'll be able to play it on the show. If any of that works for you, that's great. Um, you can record it on your – what's the one that Michael Butler's asking for? Just record it on your phone and send it to me? Sure, that works. Send me a Dropbox link or whatever, and I can I can uh, pick it up from there. This has been the longest episode <laughs> so far in the challenge. I apologize. I got under a rambly thing, and, and when I started to think about real and artificial, it sparked something. In any case, don't worry. None of this is real. Nothing here is real. And – it's only as real as you think it is. Another prompt again tomorrow. Tomorrow.